Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. Our next two workshops are coming up in September, uh, one in Texas and the other one in Pennsylvania. Texas will be September 6th through the 8th, and Pennsylvania will be September 27th through the 29th. Space is limited at these workshops, so please register early. You can register by calling us at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or by visiting gatewaymen.com. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with Stephen Cervantes. So you're always, you know, as always, you're looking sharp today. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here, feeling blessed and in the zone, in the spirit, in a good place. It's just, yeah, it's good to be alive today. We're, uh, I'm always excited when we, when we can start to see ourselves kind of nearing the back end of summer. Here and then the fall is just around the corner because you know it always gets pretty brutally hot here uh, in, right. in August and September. But um, you know, hope is just around the corner. There you go, fall. Uh, yeah. Well, listeners, we are uh, grateful that you're with us. You know, we've been uh, we've actually been doing these broadcasts since 2005. So wow. you know, 14 years we've been on wow. the air. Wow. And uh, what's really cool to me about that is that we've been able to be on for that long and that's because we have donors yes that come along and support us and so i just want to number one thank those of you who have come alongside and supported this ministry but also let you know that we are a donor supported a listener supported ministry and so if you'd like to learn about the ways that you can give and come alongside and partner uh, we're especially grateful to monthly partners because that helps just to in terms of long-term planning and things like that. But you can go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. So, Stephen, one of the things that you and I have um, seen over the years with men who are coming out of the fog of sexual brokenness and pornography Mm -hmm. and addiction and those kind of things is that there is, almost in every case, there is a little boy inside of this man who has aspects of him that just have simply not grown up there's a there's a and i don't mean this in a derogatory way but there's a there's an immature aspect to his being interesting that sometimes when he starts coming out of the fog he might recognize for the first time oh that part of me has never caught up with the rest of me like that part of me is still um little immature small you know what I mean? Right. And so I think hopefully this broadcast will help to shed light maybe on one man's particular journey of what it looks like to wake up, I guess you could say, or 
or learn those aspects of himself that were stunted or behind. That's good. That's So, you know, as you're saying that I'm thinking, some men get it right away. They get it and they go to work and they never look back. And some men sort of get it and go working and somewhere on the on the path that they're sort of half awake and half numb walking down, they have an awakening moment. Mm-hmm. And then they realize, no, no, I really have to do this. I, not half, not sort of, I really. And it's like an awakening moment. Um, d- d- does that make sense? Yeah, and I, I would say the guys that are kind of the half and half are usually the guys that have an idea of, hey, this is just a little problem that needs to be fixed. Yes, And so they don't understand the degree to which their whole self has to engage this process of transformation. That's good. Not like, oh, I got this little compartment over here that just needs to be fixed, and if that gets taken care of, everything will be fine. And and we're going to talk about one guy's story. He he gave me permission. He said, if I can bless anybody, I mean, that's what the great thing about this ministry is men bless men, and Mm -hmm. men say... We never say names, but if my story can help anybody, set somebody free, waken somebody up, great. So I really appreciate the spirit of this man and the other men that at the Be Broken weekend say, sure, tell whatever Mm -hmm. would help my brother so he doesn't fall in the pit, live in the pit, stay in the pit. Mm -hmm. So this guy says to me, my strategy after I got caught was just to hide and it sort sort of lie and and pretend so so if i could you know if if i could make it not so bad yeah and a lot of times they frame that in the idea of they don't want to hurt their wife right you know they they don't which is funny because i'm like well what was disclosed was revealing that you've been hurting your wife and so doesn't it make sense that if you keep hiding and lying, yeah. you're just going to keep hurting her, even even if you're doing it in a way that we, we think because if somebody doesn't know what we're doing that is a betraying act, that yeah. it's not hurting them. It's like, or no. Or the level, or if we're not totally honest about the frequency or when, that somehow we're half protecting them. Yeah. And I think that's some of the delusion of being in the dark and hiding and kind of having a halfway mentality towards dealing with this is we 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 have those delusional thoughts that's an irrational thought to say that a good strategy for engaging my wife about something that she has found out about that is not helpful to our relationship is to keep hiding and lying about it well and i think there's two parts there's i don't want to look bad well absolutely yeah I don't want my marriage to look bad. Maybe there's three parts. My yeah. marriage, <laughs> no, there's more than that. My marriage to look bad. I don't want my wife to sort of lose respect for me, although it's probably not in great shape because right. of what you've been doing. But And and then I don't want to look make the church look bad or my faith look bad. I'm mean, Jesus look bad. I, I'm protecting everybody, don't you know? Mm-hmm. By hiding and lying and minimizing, keep it a secret, don't you know I'm really doing a good thing here? And it's interesting because that to me plays into exactly what we actually point out in the workshop about us being image builders. Mm. It's all about appearance. It's all about image. And so when we become an image builder, we're trying to hide our flaws, hide our brokenness. Right. In the thought that 
and I think some guys think this. I thought this. You, you, you've you ever heard the the old sales technique, fake it till you make it? Yes. It's horrible advice. <laughs> At least when applied to your personal life. Yeah. Because what it does, is it causes you to promote a self that is yeah. not who you actually are in the hopes that you're thinking, if I project, if I just, if I project a godly man, then I'll eventually become a godly man. Okay. But I'm still doing all this stuff in the dark. I'm just hiding it. I'm just not telling anybody about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's not true vision casting in the no, biblical no, sense. No, no, And you're, the way you figure to make it, sometimes you got to do that in life. You just show up and go through the motions, right? But you're saying creating a whole other person to put out there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that'll fall down one day. That'll fall apart. That's yeah. not going to sustain for a lifetime, right? Because mm -hmm. when you're saying that, it was like, okay, when I went to first grade, I had it was like a four and... Okay, just go through the motion. Sit in the desk. Like, what's there else doing? Sitting in the desk. Okay, lining up. Okay, don't fidget. Just line up. You know what I mean? When you right, know yeah, what yeah. you're doing, sometimes you got to just, like if you're a dad with a newborn baby, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I think I better, you know. That but see, to me, um, not knowing what you're doing and still taking responsibility to do what you know needs to be done is not the same to me as fake it till you make it. Okay. Fake it till you make it is like, Put something out there that is an aspiration that you know you are not Okay. right now. And then by putting it out there, you'll like eventually become that. That's not actually in your in personal right. relationships, that's terrible because what tends to happen is the person that you're in relationship with really likes the fake you. Okay. And so then you go, Well, but the real me is nothing like the fake me because the fake me is awesome. <laughs> and I'm not really so awesome. You know, okay. does that yes. make sense? Yes, because and I think that's what he's realizing here is his strategy was kind of the fake it to like put yourself out there so that my wife thinks everything's good. She likes me. She respects me. She's, you know, for me. Right. And he's, but the problem is, is that the more she responds to that in him, the less likely he's willing to become vulnerable and honest and share the broken yeah, parts. That, yeah, that whole thing crumbles. That doesn't yeah. sustain for very long. So he says, then one day my wife just decided to leave. Mm -hmm. And so this only half working, half involved, hiding, lying, presenting. And she goes, you know, there isn't enough substance here. Yeah. We have a real problem and, and you're not present well and you're not using good language. You're not exploring emotions. You're not dealing with pain and brokenness and hurt. It's like... I don't want to live with a shallow person. I think I'll go somewhere else to sleep. And I think what tends to happen too, and one of the reasons that I think many wives leave in these kinds of situations is because even if the truth is painful, it gives you something real to work with, right? Yes. If you, if you never have a sense of everything mm. is out in the open you you are very much kind of in limbo all the time right. about your thoughts and your conversation and everything because in the back of your mind you're always going are we dealing with what's real here like yes. is everything out on the table that's a really good observation until it's all out there we don't know what it is yeah if you put half of you out there and i build my model on half of you and then the other half falls out well that wasn't reality right so so for healing to occur, 
you have to say it, she has to hear it, you have to both cry, but you have to deal with really is, not what we what we want to pretend is. Mm-hmm. So when she walks out, he sits, he stares at the wall, he's alone, he has a lot of quiet time, and he says this thought, I don't think I've ever truly wanted to be free of this. Mm. I've got this problem, and and I was holding on to part of it, but trying to be better and talking like I was better, but things didn't get better. She didn't feel better because uh, there wasn't enough growth coming out of me. Now that I see, I I was really like still living in two worlds, mm-hmm. not determined to get out of one and fully live in the other. This to me is like the guy's been living to this point with both of his eyes closed and then like one pops open now. Like, oh, there, I'm starting to see something that I had just been blinded to before. Yeah. And I think sometimes, uh, if I could put it this way, catastrophic circumstantial changes yep. can sometimes cause that great that shift you know yeah <laughs> when she's not home and says you're not real and i'm tired of you i'm tired of being lonely in this marriage it's shallow it's empty where are you why aren't you fighting for you and fighting for me and fighting for us and engaging god and growing why don't i hear all the good stuff coming out of you now i don't want people to mishear me saying that the only way that a person can be awakened is through some catastrophic circumstantial shift but for some of us and i put my, myself in that category <laughs> it's oh, like too good it took crisis we to get my shift. attention you know yeah. that's good so he said i started writing down what was i doing so i would know some indicators of the problem right so i did lip service when my wife wanted an answer i had one mm. she needed something i gave it to her I I spoke and delivered all the lip service, said the right words, put the salve on it, tried to make it all pretty. But really, I was still flirting with sin. Mm. And I was still dabbling a little bit with sin. And I realize now that was deception, that I thought I could still... I couldn't live in a big way in two worlds, my secret sexual world and my engaged with my wife growing world. I couldn't really fully. So I just kept a little bit, like I kept the trunk in the basement mm-hmm. where I could keep a little bit of my go-to. And and I realized I've, I've been flirting with sin. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Yeah, I think um, it's a... It's a good thing, but it's also an uncomfortable place to be when you realize the degree to which you have been deceived. And mm. and I think there's two levels of that. One is recognizing just, hey, the, the deceitfulness that is all around us in the world, right? There's so much deception that's coming through media and all kinds of other messaging about what is God's design for you and what's your meaning in life and what's your sexuality for? I mean, there's lots of deception that's coming from outside. Mm. But then I think the more the more painful confession is recognizing the deception that actually comes from within. Uh. That, that we are great self-deceivers, that we're told that the heart, our mm. hearts are deceitfully wicked. Mm. So we can't simply 
blame our deception on all the external influences. There's a point at which we have to actually own like this guy is saying, I was deceived and guess what? Much of that deception was born out of my own heart. Yeah. Not somebody else. So he, he did say, I was deceived by sin, but by myself, as you're saying, by pleasure, by poor discipline, right? By fun. What I was not doing was I was not trusting God. I did not love myself very well or love God well. And I noticed I didn't even want to enter worship or praise. Mm -hmm. When that happened at church, I sort of went flat. And as I look back, I think these were all indicators. Yeah. And I would say that, especially the one on worship and praise, when we are living a really self-absorbed life, you cannot be a, a praising person. Because think about it, the more I'm just kind of entering into my own world and it's all about right. me and I'm totally absorbed in me, what if, what's happening? I'm worshiping me. Mm. And, and in order to worship God, we have to get outside of ourselves and actually you know, look to him and actually see his blessings. And, and you know, even to be thankful, you have to th- be thankful outside of yourself. You have to say, I thank you. you know? And so self-absorption is totally antithetical to mm. a worshipful That's spirit. That's right, getting out. So he made this admission. He said, I have lived like this for the last 20 years. In a big way, and then in a little way, divided and flirting and hanging on to and not thinking I can give it up because it's been a friend for so long, but but needing to give it up and, and seeing a glimmer of hope, but then running back into the darkness. And then he said, I heard a lesson by Jonathan. <laughs> it was lesson eight. The grace to grow up. Yeah, and that's from our grace-based recovery webinar series. So, so I haven't heard it. You better give us a little mini mini lesson right now because this changed this man's life. Yeah. So uh, just real briefly, the grace-based recovery is our is our book that's got nine principles in it for for engaging recovery from a grace-based paradigm. And so I did a webinar series over the last year on all nine of those principles, and you can actually get it at gracebasedrecovery.com. But this particular lesson, and I remember when I was writing this, I was like, this is the one I don't want to write because it's going to sting the most for oh. people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned yes. like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Mm-hmm. And I really, that's kind of what that chapter is on, is this idea that we have to acknowledge the childish ways within us. Not, I mean, I'm not, childlikeness is good. Having the innocence and the and the and the right. wonder and all that childishness <laughs> is not good because that's mm-hmm. that self-absorption. That's saying you like to say it a lot of times like this when when an adult man is throwing a you know a, a, a an adult-sized fit like he's a two-year-old <laughs> in a fifty-year-old's body. Um, that's right. what that whole lesson really addresses: is what does it look like through the grace of God to mature, to grow up, to put away those childish ways. And so he he took that. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's it. I've been living like a child out of control without the discipline, the order, um, even the vision. And now I have to cross over into manhood and embrace all of what's in that camp versus running between the two camps and getting worse. So he said, I opened myself up to receive 
And I found humility. And I submitted my pride. And I moved towards this newfound humility. Mm. What do you think that means? I love this because I think, I love it when guys have kind of these aha moments that put two things that we seemingly think don't go together together. Because I think God works in paradoxes, right? Mm. All the time. Things that to our natural mind, we go, those two things shouldn't go together. And wouldn't you say that in our world and even just kind of our our, our natural selves, we would not put the characteristic of humility together with maturity? I think sometimes, even in our culture, we look at humility as, that's kind of weak, like you're just, you know, you're kind of a pansy or whatever. But I think in the godly perspective, humility is recognizing, I'm a creature. I'm not the God. I'm small. I'm finite. I'm limited. I have weaknesses. Mm. And putting ourselves in that posture of humility actually now invites the opportunity for us to grow up spiritually and emotionally. Mm, And there's great maturity that gets born out of humility. So I see kind of an aha moment in this guy of like, wow, you know, being a self-absorbed sort of self-made man hasn't worked out so well. Full of pride. Right. Right, because he goes between pride and humility. Yeah. Old program pride, sell self, package self, about self, happy self, mm-hmm. get, get your fix to supplement your life self. And then I move to humility. Which yeah. Is, I think you said it well. I'm the creation. I'm being transformed. I'm being worked on. There are lessons for me that can be eternal and transformational and mm-hmm. right things that I cannot even conceive of versus the little rigged up system. It's got scotch tape on it and, and wired together with paper clips, a little life of, of trying to survive and cope. It's like, no, you, you, could, you could actually be free. You could live free. You could have peace and joy and happiness. But it starts with humility. I'm yeah. the creation. You're the creator. There is a program. I tried my program. In humility, I come to you and say, I, I want to give yours a 100% shot, Lord. Mm. So slowly God, oh, he said, I cannot flirt with sin anymore. That must come to an end. Yeah. That's a huge confession. Oh, huge, yeah. I can't dabble. I can't play. I can't fantasize. I can't have a little bit. I cannot flirt with sin like I can master it. Yeah, one of the things that I think does come to light when you start to engage humility and recognize the deception of pride is you realize, oh, if I'm going to be healthy as a, as a man, as a as a person, as a follower of Christ— there are some hard lines that have to be drawn in my life, right? Right. You can't you can't have these gray lines in certain areas, you know, like he's saying flirting with sin. Nope, there's got to be a hard line there. That's right. So he says slowly during this awakening process, God started changing my heart. Mm. And I realized God forgave me and I started to forgive myself. And I wanted my wife's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and that's a good place to start, right? Is recognizing that um, we do have a forgiving God. I mean, praise the Lord for that, right? right? Otherwise, none of us have any hope. But I like the fact that that took him to a place of actually forgiving himself. Uh, that's 
huge, I think, yes. um, because it'd be easy for him to, and I did this for a while in my own recovery, where I would acknowledge the forgiveness of God in my life, but I'd carry my shame. Mm. And I'd still carry my shame against myself and not realizing that those things were actually incompatible. If I really yeah. understood the yes. forgiveness of God, I can't keep carrying my shame mm. because that's for, that's forgiven. So now I'm being more honest, and I'm initiating ways I, I've never done in the past. And I've noticed something. The darkness in me has moved to peace and rest mm. from going to play and cope and get a little fix in the darkness something is changing so that there's a developing place in me of peace and rest i love that there there is peace in the light even though it exposes all of our mm. failures and weaknesses and blemishes and all of that there is still such peace in the light the the darkness the the hiding and the lying and the deceiving it just creates turmoil in your soul like because the thing is think about it this way you know this is another thing going back to his strategy to hide and lie to his wife is we we talked about that a little bit from the wife's perspective right of her being in a constant state of limbo and confusion not really knowing what's going on but look at it from the liar's perspective they know that they can never be close and intimate with that person oh because even if that wife in is to, maybe he's totally deceiving her well when she is warm and affectionate and loving towards him, he knows. He knows. She's right. only warm and affectionate and loving towards the fake image that he's putting out there. So right. he can never feel the closeness. He can never allow himself to believe there's real closeness there because he's he's deceiving himself. Yeah. So peace comes in the light, you know. That's good. He said, so I realize every day I have a choice. Be a slave to sin or be a slave to discipline. I like that. That's that's really clear. You want to practice discipline, mm-hmm. right? And really, it's the fruits of the spirit. Yeah, right. And you're going to practice good skills, or do you want to practice following sin, have, having a little sin in your pocket? And if you ever get in the jam, you got a little stash there. You could. You are you going to practice discipline? Um, well, in the the biblical language, puts it in these categories of us being slaves to unrighteousness versus us being slaves to righteousness, Mm. right? And I think that kind of is also what he's talking about. Hey, do I want to offer the members of my body as slaves to unrighteousness or to sin? Mm. Or today, do I actually want to offer my, the members of my body to righteousness in the honor of the Lord Jesus? Amen. So what I noticed was sin had hardened me. It had hardened my heart. I was literally caked in deception. Mm. The very lies that I thought I was telling outward were also hurting me inward. And so I had this prayer, Father, can you please make me whole? Mm. I'm tired of being divided. Can you make me whole? And he said, I realize here's an insight after a prayer. Here's the insight. I've never addressed my own emotional stuntedness. Yeah. I've been emotionally small using lying and hiding and deceiving and sexuality and coping and getting along and getting by. That's all stuntedness. That's not growing up. 
When I love what he's recognizing here about the prayer of of asking God to make him whole. Mm. That is actually a beautiful definition of integrity. Integrity is wholeness throughout. Mm. And if you think about the dividedness that had been in his life before of, hey, you know, public out out there image that he was projecting to his wife, but inward hiding and lying and deceiving. Mm. It's like he's realizing what his heart is really made for. It's made for wholeness. And he's asking God to make him whole, a man of integrity. That's good. So in closing, I'd say this. I was living a risky sexual life. But if I'm honest, there was no passion in that life. Mm -hmm. But God is stirring something in me. And passion is rising again. Yeah. We were made on purpose with a purpose. And mm. I think anytime we get deceived into the path of just that self-centeredness and that self-absorption, we are, we're stepping outside of our design. Because if we're made in the image of God, which I believe we are, what, who is God? God is love. Mm. He, he is a communal being. He is one who gives of himself and he loves others. And so being made in his image, our purpose is to look like that in the world. We're meant to give of ourselves. We're meant to be outside of ourselves in the sense of of caring for others. Um, and I love the fact that this guy is experiencing that. Good. Well, listeners, um, I hope that this has been helpful for you and maybe just even inspirational of recognizing maybe you can see some of yourself in this man's story. Maybe you are experiencing some emotional stuntedness or self-deception, and you're wanting to grow and, and be whole as well. Um, we would love to help you along that journey. So please feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us at puresexradio.com or on Twitter at puresexradio. We're always glad that you're with us and we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Thank you. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.